Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. I'm Rob Riles and I'd like to welcome you to this programme. If you're new to the podcast, a very, very warm welcome. We discuss everything to do with leading, managing and coaching in this podcast, specific reference to football, but also very, very relevant to other sports and leadership in life. It's my passion. I've been fortunate enough for it to be my profession in in a number of ways and real excited about sharing with you some key elements of what I've been fortunate enough to learn from some great people, some of the the nuggets and wisdom that I've managed to glean from some book recommendations that I've read over the past few decades and having worked with some great people, just wanted to share some some real good stuff and get some content out there that can help you in your journey no matter where you are. So leading, managing and coaching. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about a phenomenon, a recent phenomenon in the world of professional football. Someone who's at the top of their game and someone who is an enigma in a lot of ways, but has proven himself in a number of different arenas in his in his area, and that person is Pep Guardiola. I don't think it's possible to deny the fact that Guardiola is one of the greats in terms of management and coaching. What he's achieved at his clubs has been nothing short of phenomenal. Now, obviously, we all know about his his past and the amazing, amazing team that was Barcelona and still is Barcelona, but was Barcelona under Pep when they produced a brand of football that people had almost never seen before and mesmerised the whole footballing community with their style of play and the way that they went about their business and their almost bastion-like invincibility at times with their intricate one-touch, two-touch, incisive, central possession-dominated play, which created lots and lots of discussion and also made people think differently about the game. And from there, obviously, he moved on after giving what seemed like the whole of his being for four years and he admitted that he he was completely worn out, moved on to uh, Germany and created at Bayern Munich, not the same, obviously, different league, different culture, different organisation, but again achieved a phenomenal level of success. And this time, again, it's completely open to discussion. You may have your own very strong opinions on this, but melded together a group of quality, quality players who were, for me, athletically in a different way than the Barcelona team, invincible in their own way. Don't quite think they had the easy on the eye attractiveness that the Barcelona team had. There was a little bit of a culture thing going on there and obviously Pep's nationality was all linked into that and that that's what gave that that magic, if you like, 
where Pep kind of um, was the phoenix that rose from the ashes. But, you know, he, he obviously fully admits that he followed in the footsteps of some greats that created that that establishment and put the roots down for that establishment with La Masia, you know, with the great, great Johan Krauf and um, the people who went before him. Just like Shanks put down the, the roots for, for the Liverpool club, the Liverpool team that went on to have the amazing success that they had in the 70s and 80s. So the success that he had at Barcelona was continued to Bayern and, and you know, they had these phenomenal athletes at Bayern that seemed to be almost, I suppose it's a Germanic characteristic, that almost robot-like invincibility. They would run, they would recover, they would support, they would attack together. They were fast, they were incisive. They were a team to behold at times, Bayern Munich. And, and you know, I strongly believe that Pep kind of created that with his own thought processes. And then, of course, he's moved on to Manchester City, where I think by his own admission, initially, and this, this often happens, doesn't it? And because success is never, ever created overnight, he, he found the Premier League a challenge. But this season, the 2017-18 season, Manchester City are at the moment running away with a league title, are almost scoring goals at will, are certainly taking teams apart in terms of possession and are demonstrating that they are a team to to behold. They have some amazing, amazing players. They've got players in form. Aguero is just seemingly at the top of his game. Kevin De Bruyne, you know, what, what a player he is. What a, what a creator, what a visionary, but no nonsense. An athlete seems to be humble, works and works and works and creates and makes the game look so simple. And, and obviously, additional supporting acts in the Manchester City team that, you know, just make that team where it is at the moment. So Pep's success and Pep's qualities are without doubt. And I read his book or the book Pep Confidential a, a couple of years ago. And there's a couple of bright lines in that. There's a couple of key things that I wanted to bring out and discuss because we're all interested in what creates success and what is it that makes different managers successful, different coaches. And... You know, the more I read and and I'm sure the more you read and the more you listen and the more you observe, there are a number of key characteristics that make people successful. And the first thing that stood out and was a bright light, certainly from Pep Confidential, was Pep's obsession with detail and analysis. He makes no bones about it that he spends focused, deep, alone time where he locks himself away, often for an hour or maybe more than an hour, a number of hours at a time, he immerses himself in the deep work of analysis. And sometimes he's in a painful state where he's not happy with how things are going. He's not happy with how his own team are going. He doesn't quite know how to approach a game because it seems from the text that Pep likes to have this absolute game plan. He does not go into games, into situations just thinking, you know, oh, we'll have a little bit of magic from Kevin De Bruyne or a little bit of magic from Aguero. or He doesn't seem to have that philosophy. And I'm not saying that other managers do. I think there's lots and lots of managers who do that. But Pep does not seem to be able to sit comfortably with that. He obviously has this phenomenal obsession with analysis. He analyzes opponents 
and create from that game plans to deal with opponents, no matter what opponents they are, whether they're considered to be lowly opponents currently, or, you know, it's a real needle game against the, a Manchester United or a Liverpool or somebody who's at the top of the game. But he takes personal responsibility, analyzes the opposition and educates his own players in how he wants them to play. So yes, he's, he's absolutely phenomenal in terms of his analysis. He definitely talks about planning cycles, micro cycles and macro cycles in terms of over the season. So game to game, week to week, month to month. And again, that's something for another podcast at some time, probably almost certainly really, because the world of professional football where games come so thick and fast, especially if you are a and in inverted commas, a successful team and you're in a, a cup competition or two cup competitions, or certainly if you're in the Premier League and you're in, you're in a European competition as well and you're playing Saturday or Sunday and then you're playing Wednesday or Thursday and then the following Saturday or Sunday, there is very, very little time to do any kind of substantial training that will change the way that you play or will improve players over a significant level because it's all about recovery, preparation for the next game, recovery, preparation for the next game. And I think that's one of the reasons why lifting a league championship in a league like the Premier League or the championship, the people in the in the industry know that it is a prize that has been earned because there is no respite, there is no rest, and it is incessant pressure from the beginning of the season or from pre-season until the end, especially at certain times where that pressure ramps up, you're in certain cup competitions and obviously we have the, the criticisms that come from clubs playing what are sometimes viewed as weakened squads with player rotation. But yeah, Pep, Pep is an absolute master of analysis and brings that to his players and he talks to his players in his team talks as, as it explains in the book in detail about what he wants them to do. And that is no easy task. Believe you me, that is no easy task. The second thing that stood out from reading Pep Confidential, and um, I've read another couple of uh, books about Pep, is, and this will come as no surprise, is his obsession with work rate. There's a couple of lines in, in the book that Pep talks about, run, run, run. So no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter what your level of ability, your absolute cast iron, nailed on, guaranteed, fundamental is you work your socks off. And he makes no bones about that. And he talks about it in terms of the games and training. And he, and he, he is obsessed with the specificity of training so that you train how you play. He, he obviously believes, as I do, and I'm sure many of you do too, that you can't play a different way than you train. If, if you think you can do X, Y, Z in training and then do ABC in a game, I, I'm not sure that that can occur. I think success has to be you go into the game situation, you treat it like a training session and you do again what you do brilliantly on automatic pilot in a way. I'm not saying that games aren't built up, you don't prepare a little bit differently, that the pressure's there, that there's more going on and there's a bigger focus. Don't don't take any of that away. But you have to train like you play and, and Pep is completely obsessed 
with that again. He, he, he goes into so much detail about that. Now, bearing in mind that the probably the characteristic from people who love watching football, particularly with his Barcelona team, was his attacking flair. So the players who worked around Messi and created that amazing midfield that just took teams apart and, 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 and almost cut through teams like Butter and created goal chance after goal chance and goal threat and penalty area situations and, and scored at will sometimes. The overall vision, if you like, or, or the it just looked like Barcelona were an attacking team. And I'm sure for, for the coaches out there who, who especially if you're in, in the game at any level or you spend any time analysing the game, up behind that, was Barcelona's, and obviously subsequently Bayern Munich's, work rate off the ball in order to, first of all, get the ball back or or not allow opponents to settle. So Pep makes no bones about this either, that his focus, his philosophy has such a strong root in defensive play. He talks about it so well in the book or or it is talked about so well in the book from the interviews with him and he's got principles of defending. He talks about aerial mastery and bravery. So he is a man who is known for the beautiful game, the passing, the one touch, the great players who look amazing. And he has nailed down in his book a principle of aerial mastery and bravery. And, And people will say, yeah, but well, I don't think there's any buts about it. I think he, he he understands that in order to have the ball, you have to be able to defend. He talks about footwork and body shape as a defender. And I actually love defending, so I found this amazing. He talks about awareness, position, and your sense of position. He talks about your ability to pass. So as a defender, he's talking about your ability to engage in those transitions where you not only win the ball, you intercept, you gain possession, but you keep it and you create an attacking opportunity by moving the ball on quickly to a player who's in a better position than you. And he does lots of work on that. And then he talks about organisation and communication. So Pep's got defending principles that he obviously works on phenomenally hard with his players, along with his analysis, that creates those these amazing attacking teams that, that we see. Now, Moving on from defending, there's quite a lot of interesting text about Pep's approach to the psychology side of it. One of the interesting things for me is that he allows the players to have the dressing room. So he really doesn't go into the dressing room because he believes that the the dressing room is the player's area. It's their space. It's their place to get away. It's their place to be together, to create the culture, if you like, of leadership together without the influence of the backroom staff. And, and he's very strong on that. And he, he, he talks about that in, in some detail, which is really interesting. And he also talks about the relationships that he has with players, how he believes strongly. And this goes hand in hand or parallels very nicely with what Dr. Steve Peters talks about in his book, The Chimp Paradox. He talks about happy players make great players. And I think having settled confident, happy, well-balanced individuals. Although we know that that's where we operate best and, and how we create our best results in life. 
I think it's so easy in the world of professional sports specifically that we, we overlook that kind of thing and don't give it enough credence and don't give it enough enough focus. I think there's a little bit of focus coming into it now with the with the issues being highlighted of mental health. But overall, Pep was really strong on creating happy, settled players that he has a relationship with. Yes, he's the manager. Yes, he's the boss. Yes, he makes the decisions. Yes, you will play the way I want you to play. But he makes the players know in no uncertain terms how important they are to him. I think he also makes it very, very clear that he he has a philosophy and he wants players to play the way he he wants them to play. There's no doubt about that. If you ever see any footage of his coaching, I've seen a little bit, not seen loads of it, not been fortunate enough to go and see him coach. I'm sure there's some people out there listening to this who have, who even know Pep, which would be great to chat to and um, discuss. But I've seen some footage and he is totally focused on what he wants and he repeats and repeats and repeats until he gets what he wants. And often in the book, there's he's really, really transparent about his frustrations, about how hard it is sometimes to actually get players to play the way you want. He's really, really talks about the relationships with his players in terms of getting them to play well and how he discusses things with certain players. And there's a couple of examples of players who say that Pep has found a position for them by his careful analysis and his observation of the game, he's been able to adjust the way, if you like, that players play and the roles and responsibilities so that maybe you've got an attacking fullback whose whose predisposition is to be a better player going forward than one in a 1v1 defensive situation. Now, as a fullback, I'm pretty certain that, you know, you've got to be a, a really confident, combative 1v1 proponent so that you can win the ball back and you can stop somebody getting past you. You have to be that. But I think Pep, if he's got a player who's an amazing, has got an amazing speed and has got this ability to get forward quickly, he encourages that and and allows the player to do that and will get the other unit members to cover that and allow for that. But again, that's for another another topic in terms of how, how Pep, looks at his attacking side of the game because that's a that's a real interesting one. The fourth thing, um, so we've we've been through the obsession with, with detail and the analysis that Pep does. We, we've talked about the work rate and how he demands work rate and it's all about the basics of work rate and hard work and running hard in the game, getting the yards in and closing and pressing. And then the defensive focus in terms of you have to defend that there's no bones about it. You have to be able to defend in order to do to keep clean sheets, win football games and get the ball back. And finally, the thing that, that stuck out for me was looking at, at the, some of the practices is the simplicity of the possession practices. They, obviously at Barcelona, everybody was talking about rondos as if rondos were brand new. Well, I'm sure that there's aspects of them that were brand new, but like many things in life, things get recycled and and without taking anything away at all, you know, simple passing practices done repetitively. And some of the players talk about them being done for two hours, repetitive, 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 until you get that mile in laid down, you get those movement patterns, you get people who know where your teammates going and you do it over and over again to create that mastery, that success that loving the plateau philosophy that I talked about in the Mastery podcast. And if you haven't heard that, maybe go and have a listen to that and get the book Mastery. 
But there's so much of that in Pep's book about repetition, 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 repetition. So players learn to do simple things that he wants in his team right and correct. So it just happens automatically. So what are the four things? Obsession with detail and analysis. We can all bring that into our own coaching practice and in our life. What can we focus on and get really good at? Which niche area? The absolute fundamental of work rate. The focus on defending, keeping clean sheets and regaining possession in order to facilitate great in-possession play. The relationships with players, if you like, and the simplicity with which he implements some of his practices. So those were some of the bright lines that came out of reading that book. I hope you found them useful. I hope you can implement one or two of those things into your own practice. And again, you know, if you feel so, so inspired, go and get the book. It's a phenomenal read and you won't be disappointed. Appreciate you listening. Thanks again. Catch you soon. Bye-bye.